Ideas matter. Ideas matter. This is Dialogue. Hello and welcome to Dialogue. Chinese President Xi Jinping has delivered a keynote speech at the opening ceremony of the Third Belt and Road Forum for International Cooperation, listing eight major steps China will take to support the pursuit of high-quality Belt and Road cooperation. On the sidelines of the forum, I caught up with Dr. Jonathan Choi Kun Sham, President of the Chinese General Chamber of Commerce in Hong Kong. Taking a closer look at the priorities for the next stage of the BRI development and the position of Hong Kong in this grand initiative. In the second part of the show, I will talk to Mr. Aksan Iqbal, former Federal Minister of Planning and Development, Pakistan, for his insight on the Belt and Road Initiative. That's our topic. I'm Xu Qindu. Welcome to Dialogue, Dr. Tsai. Uh, President Xi Jinping gave a speech at the opening ceremony of the Belt and Road uh, uh, Forum for International Cooperation. I wonder what's your takeaway? This morning, President Xi made a very important speech during the 10th anniversary of the Belt and Road Initiative. Uh, and I think that this uh, Belt and Road Initiative is not only for China, it's for the whole world. It's a win-win situation for everybody, especially the developing countries. I just feel that the first thing he mentioned is connectivity. Because, you know, when we have trade investment, connectivity is very important, especially in infrastructure. By railroad, road, sea, air, many things. If it's connected, then the logistics is more efficient, it's cheaper. When we have trade, then we can deliver all the products more cheaply. Secondly, he mentioned about the free trade. He just feel that we should uh, open the economy, open and open uh, the market for the whole world. And I think this is very important for the Belt and Road uh, countries. And uh, thirdly, he also mentioned the support of all the small and beautiful projects. Small and beautiful, I think it's a very good term. Because in the past, you know, China usually invests in the big infrastructure the big container terminal, the bridges, the airport, all these things. But now, he specifically say that there's more but beautiful projects, including some things which have social responsibility, like um, education, vocational training, and many more. Therefore, I think this is a good point. And it gives a big financial support on this area from the Exxon Bank, Development Bank, and also, I remember the figure, Make your $30 billion for the uh, renminbi for the Silk Road Fund. All this, I think, is a good support. I think $80 billion. $80 billion, 80 billion, 80 yes. billion yeah. uh, for the Silk Road Fund. I think all this is very good uh, to support all these uh, projects. And uh, other than that, I think new things are coming in. Firstly, is the uh, green projects. In the past, when we talk about infrastructure, we just care about how to build the railroad, the roads and airport. But green is very important. Therefore, we are talking about carbon zero in the future. Therefore, everything we do should be green related. Besides green projects, then we'll be green financing. This is one thing that we have to work with. And also, he mentioned about technology and innovation. That is our future. That's another one sector. Other than that, I remember that he mentioned about anti-corruption. Clean Silk Road. That's important. When we are having the... Um, the investment or infrastructure in different uh, developing countries, sometimes, you know, not all, sometimes, maybe 
some corruption is involved. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we have to promote clean Silk Road. Therefore, it is the one thing that we are talking about. And that's why I just feel that uh, uh, our presidency's uh, uh, speech today have a very a lot of content for X areas. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we have to mention. Therefore, as a conclusion, I think there's very successful, very important speech that we have to follow. Very uh, comprehensive, let's say. Uh, you know, you mentioned the numbers, the two uh, development banks, you know, Chinese Development Bank and also Exim Bank. They are to provide, uh, you know, uh, investment window of like three hundred fifty billion dollars, mm -hmm. and also additional eighty billion uh, yuan here uh, from for the Silk uh, Fund, Silk Road Fund. Are those numbers surprising for you? Yes, of course, it's very surprising. You know, in present days. Credit is uh, not easy to get. For many uh, investment now, for over the world in Belt and Road Initiative, in the past they focused mainly for the big SOE. But now, even small companies can do the small and beautiful projects. And for these small and beautiful projects, I think uh, it's in different areas. Therefore, the financial support from Exim Bank, Development Bank, and Silver is very important. If we got such a uh, financing, I think we can spread over all over the world. Yes, uh, you know, you mentioned about the small and beautiful projects uh, here. Uh, presidency talked about um, carrying out 1,000 small-scale livelihood assistance projects. It seems to me like uh, uh, you know, part of that, um, obviously, uh, will be targeting at uh, a poverty alleviation, in yes. particular for the developing world. Mm -hmm. I think uh, what he mentioned is, uh, for the development countries, first of all, we need to lift the poverty. There is charity is one thing, but only charity doesn't work. We need to help them on vocational training, help them to bring up the, uh, the, the, the ability to do business and to uh, uh, have a better living. Other than that, I just think that to train them for the innovation and technology. We're talking about startup all over the world. And uh, also for the green uh, uh, projects. That is uh, good uh, for the uh, uh, society. And I think he's mentioning something rather than just only making money. Besides making money, there are many things for human beings. Therefore, I think China today is uh, going to another new path. And a new path and also higher standards. It seems yes. Like, you so know, the high corruption free and green development and a new like, digital economy. Exactly. It is so called a high quality development. Yeah. High quality development. I think it is uh, including uh, what you mentioned about technology, innovation, green financing, and also clean silk road. Yeah, clean silk mm -hmm. road. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, you uh, speak of the opening up, you know, uh, President Xi talking about uh, you know, removing all restrictions on foreign investment access in the manufacturing sector in China. So, what do you make of that? I would say probably that's, that's very popular with foreign investors, let's say. I feel that it is a very important message to all the foreign investors. As you know that, during the present situation, because of the geopolitical situation, some uh, foreign investors hesitate or may not be so uh, eager to really invest in China. Therefore, we need to continue to open up. Just talking about opening up is only a term. But the actual thing is, you have to uh, relax many restrictions. Therefore, relax many uh, standards uh, for the foreign uh, investors to come in, in different uh, business sectors. And I think for this, 
uh, it is very important for the uh, uh, foreign investor that, okay, we are treated equal, same as SOE, same as the local Chinese businessmen. Therefore, they are coming in with an equal uh, playing field. Therefore, they feel it's much better. Therefore, I think this is very important for free trade and free investment in China. Mm -hmm. Uh, speak of uh, geopolitical tensions, of course, we are referring to usually, you know, China, U.S., the U.S., uh, whatever you describe the U.S.'s China policy, it's one probably of decoupling, one of containment, or even people would say, oh, that's a cold war against China. But we are seeing this uh, chilling effects on yeah, investment and also people-to-people -people exchange. Uh, how will that affect uh, the development of uh, BRI projects around the world? I think, of course, the U.S.-China relationship is one of the most important relationships in the world because there are two superpowers. And uh, China today continue for breaking all the trade barriers, no protectionism, globalization. That is what China is doing. But on the other way around, America is doing a different thing. That what we feel that that is no good for globalization, no good for the world uh, free trade. Because we understand that under WTO, China spent a lot of time to break all the trade barriers and uh, work on the international standard. But today, it's changing. Therefore, I think it's no good for the whole world. Therefore, we hope that we should keep, uh, as in the past, that there's uh, no protectionism. Uh, we break all the trade barriers, let international trade as good as before. Mm -hmm. Well, speak of that, you know, uh, he also uh, said that China will host the first uh, scientific and technological exchange forum, I guess probably next year or yes. the year after, but anyway, the focus is on innovation as part of the work of the BRI. That's also, I would say, long-term significant for countries to work together, um, you know, in terms of cooperation instead of banning and limiting or restricting you know, the trade of technology, for example. <laughs> I fully agree with you, you know. Actually, um, for the innovation and other technology development, it's good for all human beings, not only for China, it's good for everybody. For example, uh, in China, when we have 5G, it's good for everybody. But some countries may restrict it because we develop, we develop it too fast. They just feel that <laughs> they should really uh, hinder the development of China. That is no good. As uh, President Xi has said that, if China is good, it's good for the whole world because uh, we, we have a win-win situation. Not only one side will win, it will both sides. Everybody will win. That is the purpose uh, for the uh, B, uh, BRI, for the initiative. Therefore, I just feel that uh, China having the um, uh, BMW initi uh, initiative, having another technology conference, I think it's good. Hopefully, people will feel that what China are promoting the technology innovation is for the whole world, not only for China. This is a very interesting point. You know, Chinese officials and the governments uh, often talked about win-win, as you also mentioned, uh, and also spreading the prosperity mm -hmm. you know, based on the Chinese development experience of building infrastructure, industrialization, uh, etc., poverty alleviation. Mm. China is doing that, you know, mm. helping other countries to reduce poverty, to develop mm. their yeah. economy. Um, I wonder what's behind such a 
a philosophy, a political philosophy, you know, uh, the Chinese philosophy. Can talk more about that, why China is doing that, you know, basically sharing um, development experience, sharing prosperity with other countries here. I think it's uh, Chinese uh, way of doing things is we would like to share with other people when we have some successful uh, uh, things. Therefore, for example, when we have uh, successful uh, technology uh, uh, success like uh, 5G, or the aerospace and many, many things, people like to share with everybody. And uh, when we have, for example, uh, like the e-commerce, I think China is very successful. The e-commerce platform, like um, Alibaba, like uh, Jingdong, all this, it's very successful. It's not only with China, it's the whole world. Therefore, I feel that, uh, on the one hand, everybody can share all this type of technology, just like when we have WeChat. It's so convenient. and. Uh, at the same time, it's also the business development for China. Therefore, we feel that uh, the foreign countries should not feel that it is kind of threat to them. It is beneficial for everybody, for everybody. Uh, therefore, it is a Chinese philosophy that uh, we would like to share everything in harmony. We use the harmony. Therefore, peace and development is good for everybody. Let's focus a little bit on Hong Kong here okay. and mm -hmm. where you are from. Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of a role do you see in Hong Kong will play, I would say, in a new stage of uh, the BRI development here? Mm, I think uh, in the past, Hong Kong mainly focused on the finance, trade and shipping. That was our uh, focus uh, for development. Uh, under the 14th five-year plan, we got nine centers, nine focus that we have to do, including besides the traditional one, we are also in technology, innovation, uh, we are also in service industry like uh, legal and uh, like uh, the, uh, the uh, uh, East, Miss West, the cultural exchanges, all this, other new things. Therefore, at the moment, with BRI, we are talking about high quality development. And under this high quality development, we should go for what China is mentioning, green development. For green development, green infrastructure, green projects and green financing. Therefore, we also work closely with the universities. We've got uh, five top uh, 100 universities in Hong Kong, which is very strong in R&D. We can work on new energy. Uh, we can work on the medical care, pharmaceutical. All these areas, these are the new areas that Hong Kong is working on. Besides this, digital economy is a new thing. Therefore, how we can digitize most of the traditional business is important for us. Therefore, we are working, talking about the, the cloud, the AI, the big data, all these new things. We have to implement all this digital technology into the traditional business. And besides that, uh, China is strong in the infrastructure, uh, building all these uh, big things all over the world. And Hong Kong, besides financing, we are also strong in professional services. Therefore, we can work together. When you have a big projects outside, Hong Kong can support on the financial lead and also in professional services. For example, on the legal side. Legal, accountancy, consultancy, engineering, etc. That is the strength of Hong Kong. Therefore, it gives Hong Kong a lot of opportunity to work closely uh, with China, the mainland, to go outside. And one most important thing for Hong Kong is we are international city. We have been working all over the world for decades. Therefore, no matter where you go, uh, in ASEAN country, in the EU, in North America, 
Even in Africa, we have been there for a long time. Therefore, we can join hands and then work together uh, with them. And one important thing that uh, Hong Kong has is the common law system. The rule of law is very important. Therefore, uh, one of the positions uh, of Hong Kong now is uh, we, are the, we can provide the international legal services, including arbitration, mediation, and uh, any dispute resolution can be done in Hong Kong. That is the strength of Hong Kong, and I think Hong Kong can work well in the new era of the PRI. Mm -hmm. Dr. Tsai, thank you for speaking with us. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you. This year marks the 10th anniversary of the Belt and Road Initiative. Uh, you were the Minister uh, for Pakistan for Planning and Special Initiatives, you know, deeply involved in the uh, CPAC, the flagship project of uh, BRI. Tell us your understanding of a BRI. What is the BRI? It is about the connectivity, it's about uh, you know, infrastructure projects. So, uh, what is the essence? Uh, thank you very much. Uh, first of all, I would like to compliment uh, President Xi Jinping uh, for presenting a very transformational idea of Belt and Road Initiative. Uh, as you know, that Belt and Road Initiative is the 21st century a silk route that connects countries not just in Asia, Europe, but also through its maritime route, it connects Africa and other continents. Uh, connectivity has been the most important pillar of human uh, civilization for economic and social development. Through connectivity, ideas have traveled through connectivity, goods and trade has taken place. Belt and Road Initiative, I think, has come at a time when global economy was suffering from major crisis and slowdown. Uh, through Belt and Road Initiative, the investments that have uh, taken place, uh, these investments have created new opportunities in many developing countries. Uh, through connectivity, new markets are being formed. And when you have new markets, you have more demand. And that is a catalyst for growth. So not just connectivity brings new demand, it also connects those areas and regions which have remained underdeveloped for lack of connectivity. So uh, Belt and Road Initiative to me is not just a project involving uh, infrastructure. It is not just a project involving some energy projects, but it has a very socio-economic transformational impact uh, through which we have seen lives of millions of people being transformed. The BRI, the initiative, uh, is uh, uh, quite inclusive. It's not only about the connectivity, as you said, it's also about the human uh, development. Uh, and it, you know, for Pakistan, there's also a free zone, uh, Gwadar free zone. It's about industrial mm -hmm. development, industrial growth, um, aiming for, I mean, future uh, plan of the country. Uh, not only uh, there is a free zone in Gavadar, but under Belt and Road Initiative's flagship project, China-Pakistan Economic Corridor, we have identified nine special economic zones in Pakistan, uh, which are located in different regions of Pakistan, so that all regions are uh, taking part and taking benefit from China-Pakistan Economic Corridor, which is another indicator that it is a very inclusive project. It does not leave anyone behind. So through these nine economic uh, zones, uh, we are attracting 
those investments from China which are relocating uh, to other countries because the labor cost in China has increased uh, by relocating to countries or uh, destinations where cost of production is low, they can still keep their global competitiveness to export more. And we are now working with China to set up industries in these special economic zones through which both Pakistan and China can work together and export to third countries. So Gawadar economic zone is uh, developing very fast. But in addition to that, nine more economic zones are being developed in Pakistan in which we hope that investment that will come from China will help us in do industrialization. That will be a major contributor towards structural transformation of the economy. It will create more jobs. And most importantly, Pakistan needs to improve its export performance. And we hope that with the Chinese technology, investment, know-how, and their access to global supply chains, we will be able to improve our exports as well. Mm, export as well. Uh, Minister, you earlier mentioned about this energy shortage problem, you know, uh, faced by your country. What is the situation now, you know, with uh, the building, the construction we know of, uh, you know, firepower plants as well as hydropower uh, plants? Uh, so is the situation, um, how has it improved for the people and for the yeah. business? In 2013, uh, we had 16 to 18 hours of power shortages. But with the 8,000 megawatts under CPAC and another 3,200 megawatts, which government of Pakistan did on its own, we were able to add 11, more than 11,000 megawatts of new power generation in five years from 2013 to 2018. So by 2018, there was zero power shortage in Pakistan. We had enough power to uh, produce for our needs. So CPAC was instrumental in solving the energy problem that Pakistan faced. It was uh, critical. It provided critical investment to help Pakistan overcome its power uh, shortages. But another important element of investments in energy sector is that there was a very balanced portfolio that was uh, developed under CPAC. Uh, there are hydro projects that are underway. Hydro projects take six to eight years for completion because these are big 700 to 900 megawatt projects uh, that require six to eight hours, uh, six to eight years for completion. And Pakistan needed energy very fast because, as you know, I mentioned. 16 to 18 hours, we had no power. So for that, we targeted coal-based power plants, uh, which could be done in two years. Uh, not only that we set up uh, coal-imported uh, power plants, but Pakistan was sitting with a huge coal reserve, which is good for 400 years. If we produce 10,000 megawatts of power every year, this reserve of coal in third pro Sindh province is good to provide power for 400 years. We could not develop it because Pakistan lacked the financing and Pakistan lacked the technology. So under CPAC, we were able to attract Chinese investment and technology. And today that area, which was very underdeveloped area, 
has become a developed area billions of dollars of investments have gone there and we are producing the cheapest electricity from the thar coal and for the coal plants we made sure that every plant provided certification from environment protection agency so cpac investments were also green investments that they ensured that we are able to preserve the environment and the emissions are under control and most of these plants were based on supercritical technology which is a very superior technology for efficient use of coal to not pollute the environment similarly we had hundreds of millions uh, of investment uh, and you know many hundreds of megawatts uh, for renewable energy solar energy as well as wind energy so cpac has provided pakistan a very balanced portfolio from renewables to coal to hydel and as a result pakistan today uh, is uh, self sufficient in power generation our big challenge now is to see how we can move next uh, in the next phase from uh, fossil fuel or the imported fuel to solar energy which is more indigenous uh, now government of pakistan has started an initiative for 10000 megawatt solar energy mm-hmm. so in the next phase of uh, cpac we are hoping that we will target green energy and we will be promoting solar investments in pakistan in large scale you know the potential of uh, having this region uh, you know of uh, 300 million people uh, becoming a regional you know economic network of strong growth uh, is that what you mean you know what, you know, recently you talked about uh, a cpac as a game changer yes. I think for pakistan and for this region i think the future of uh, economic development lies in regional cooperation and as we see that the world is also coming more and more networked and integrated there is a need for greater collaboration rather than polarization or conflicts so if we can create connectivity uh, in this part of the world as i said south asia china central asia and middle east has more than 3 billion people living in this region so we can create an economic market uh, economic network for trade for commerce for uh, collaboration in agriculture and in industry in service sector in technology and this can be a huge benefit for the people living in this region uh, therefore i think cpac and bri are uh, programs of future and they are programs for the future of 3 billion people Thank you minister thank you for speaking with us. With that we come to the end of today's show. Many thanks to our guest Minister Igba. You can also find us on the CGTN app on YouTube. I'm Xu Qingduo. Thanks for being with us. See you next time. Sideline Story brings you all things sports related. the hottest topics latest events juiciest stories all with a very personal take subscribe to sideline story podcast for heated sports discussions covering events that are happening in china and around the world